listen, I'm going to ask you to stand with me one more time. I promise that will be the last time. But I want you to read this scripture with me up on the screen. We're going to go to John 4, 1 John 4. And I really want you to just kind of settle this into your heart. We've been reading it over the past. Um, that's John 5, I'm sorry. John 5, verse 4. Sorry, Carson. My bad. And when you get this scripture and you begin to see what this... We've read it the past four or five weeks. And what happens with this, I want you to understand that you are conquering something in your life. We jump-started last week. That's what we said. We were bringing in a gift of the body of Christ that God's given to the body of Christ. Not the man, the gift works through the man. The gift of healings and the working of miracles, you can see in Scripture. And we said that we felt led very specifically to jumpstart us, propel us into a place of supernatural. Because we said at the beginning of the year that this would be a year where mountains would be demolished in the lives of people. Now we've not said that every year. We don't make things up when it comes to that. I'm not talking about just a, a breakthrough daily. Everybody needs breakthrough every day. I'm talking about one that you've not been able to get over top of. And what I'm going to take you into the realm today, after we read this, I'm going to let you sit down and we'll get to where we can by the end of, I want to end on time, we'll come back and finish next week. How do we move forward from here? That's a key. You may not be one that stood up and read, did testimony. Maybe you had something happen you don't want to share. Maybe you're trying to figure out why they got it and you didn't. We need to learn how to move forward because the scriptures will really share, tell you everything you need to know about moving forward into the realm of divine healing. That is meant for you today. But there might be what I really call a transformation or an awareness that will need to take place for you to get there. And that's what I want to help you with. Can we get that up there real quick? Read this with me. Ready? Read. For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Pray with me real quick. Father, we thank you for the rest of the word today. We honor, just honor you and honor that word. Make much of it this morning that it is the thing that sets us free. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us. Reveal things to us. Renew our heart. Renew our mind to a place where we have understanding. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. How do we move forward? Let me just really kind of define these two gifts so that you can understand what we're talking about. And then we'll go on from here. When you look at the word gifts of healings in the scriptures, I'm not going to the references. I don't want to review this really, the word, the phrase means manifestations of the power of God in the sphere of disease. God doesn't want you sick. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like his children full of disease and sick. And for us to ever, ever uh, uh, entertain the thought that he wants me to maybe experience a little bit of something like a, even a common cold to teach and learn me something is really ungodly. Look at this next definition. Now don't take pressure. Don't get condemned from some of the things we say. Now if we're not asking questions, we're not moving forward. And I've learned that if I'm willing to ask the tough questions and maybe explain some things, the scripture always answers it for you. Here in the, the next definition, I want you to remind you of the working of miracles. What you just saw happen in these individuals' lives, is it can happen for you. The Bible says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. It says he's no respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Go to the original creation. How was the original creation created? The scripture says in Genesis, mighty good. Well, there was never sickness or disease in the original creation. You can come over to the book of Revelation so we can sandwich everything. And the scripture says that in heaven there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no pain. You can come into the middle, to the New Testament, the grace covenant that we live in, and you can hear the words of Jesus in his prayer. And he says, I pray that the will of God will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we just confirm what's in heaven. We just confirm what it began with. And now Jesus is saying to us, I want that done here. I'm praying. Why do you think he was praying? Because it wasn't being done. But look at the word prayer. It simply means communing and talking to God. So we're not looking to a man for anything. We're just confirming what God the Father said belongs to us now. All right? So here we go. I've got to be careful because I don't want to preach on that level. We've got to go to another place. Working of miracles. And I say that humbly. Working of miracles. Supernatural manifestations of the power of God that alters. Everybody say alters. Suspends. Say suspends. Or in some other way controls the laws of nature. So how do we begin to move forward? First of all, let me share just a few things with you. There's other reasons, but I'll give you four main reasons why people do not receive divine healing in their life today. Number one, ignorance. Hosea 4, 6 says people are silenced or made dumb because of the lack of knowledge. Number two, doubt and unbelief. What would that mean? Doubt and unbelief. I'm basing what I believe off of someone's experience. Uh, maybe maybe I, I, I'm doubting because I didn't see something work in my life. Traditions, religion of men. There's another reason. How about this one? Uh, maybe not knowing how to appropriate my faith. Believing in your heart. That's how you got saved. You had to confess that salvation. There's no salvation until confession is made. So there's believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Another reason why people are not receiving divine healing. Fourth reason, again, these are not all. A fourth reason is sin. (laughs) But what most people call sin is not sin. It's just a flesh problem. We just need to teach people how to control that flesh that kind of robs them of the benefits and the blessings of God. And most in this room, you're not receiving or haven't received. You're not moving forward because of sin. Let me just let you off the hook. Jesus dealt with your sin a long time ago. Okay? He dealt with it. And the moment you access that life through the grace of God and that ability of God into your life and make Jesus your Lord, your sin's dealt with. Now, you may have an issue of flesh, but again, that's not what we're focused on. I want to focus on this. How do I move forward? The number one reason that I, 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 I mean, I can give you a bunch of other reasons, but really I believe the number one reason why people are not moving forward in, let's say, a jump start that happened last week is ignorance. Ignorance of the Word of God, ignorance of maybe basing some beliefs off of tradition and religion of men, how I was raised. And, uh, you know, I've had people sit down with me and they tell me, I'll read the scripture to them of some whatever truth, whatever they're going through. And they'll say, well, that's not what my mama said. And I'm like, you can't tell. I'm not going to beat them up at that point because they just don't get it. But, but you know, you, but the scripture says. Your, Your faith, your belief, your moving forward will always have to be based on what the word of God says. Okay? So look at this scripture in, in Proverbs chapter 4. 20 through 22. Says, my son... Oh, excuse me, that's the other one. Says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Why does he think he tells you to listen carefully? Because you could miss something. 
<laughs> a lot of times we're not hearing because of the distractions of life, and there's a careful spot of listening. He says here, don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to all their body. So ultimately what I'm saying is that when it comes to the subject of divine healing, we have to be willing to just answer one thing very quickly. What's going to give me the answers to having it in me? The Scriptures, the Word. And then we learn what to do with that word, absolutely, and how to appropriate that. But I don't even want to take you to appropriate, because I believe once you become more aware, look at somebody and say, aware. Once you become more aware of a mental image of what God says you are and could be and have inside of you, the outside will show up. We're focused out here. We come to a man to get something out here. And really, if you were here Sunday and Tuesday, Brother Jimmy focused more on talking about what was going on in here than what was going to happen out here to you. And the more you got understanding of what was happening here, just sitting in the service, not one person but one, there was only one, Steve, had hands laid on him. Everybody were sitting in the service, did not have hands laid on them. They weren't looking to the man. They became aware of what Jesus did. And it showed up on the outside. So, <clears throat> I want to. I got some questions here, some statements that I think maybe you've asked, maybe you said, and maybe I've said, and you know, hopefully we can do something with it because these statements are ungodly. These are not true representation of the Father that you know and I know. Your Father loves you so much. That he went a long time ago ahead of you to provide a path and a future for you that could live well, free from sickness and disease, free from poverty and lack. And when we don't have an understanding or, or, or maybe a knowledge of the package that he put in order for me, I'm going to be limited on seeing the results of that. Bobby, Dave, can you all help me turn this around? I don't want to be embarrassed and drop it and spill it. I'd rather you be embarrassed and all that. No, just kidding. Just turn it around for me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you guys are awesome. All right. Has anybody ever heard or said the statement, it's all in God's hands? Don't raise your hands. I see a lot of heads shaking. Yes. You know there's a reason for everything. In God's timing, it will happen. Well, you never know, but God's in control. Let's just read them again. It's all in God's hands. You know there's a reason for everything. In God's timing, it will happen. Well, you never know, but God's in control. Listen to me, guys. These statements, though they look good, though they sound right, they are extremely ungodly and unscriptural. It's not all in God's hands. You know there's a reason for everything. I get it when we say this. But what we are saying is that because this happened to me or my family or my son, God had a reason for that. 
In God's timing, it will happen. Now, that sounds really good, too, because we love to use the Scripture that when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. We love to talk about that recover because I think that gives us an excuse for not really receiving. And we say, well, it's a process. I get it. I've taught it. I've seen it. But I'm convinced, if you look into your study Scripture, yes, there's a process and a recovery that happens, but the process and the recovery that happens is the awareness of what's already done. Not waiting for God to do something that He's already done. Well, you never know, but God's in control. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There are two things that are not in God's control. Number one, your will, which is your choices. The choices that you make. And I don't know about you, but I've made some wrong ones before. And because I made wrong choices, I experienced and suffered the consequences of those choices. And the enemy loves to come on us at that point because we made wrong choices and make us feel condemned and make us pull away from God all the more. And that's the, all the reason we need to draw to God more is when we realize, oh my gosh, I am not perfect. Look at the person next to you and say, man, you ain't perfect. Now look at somebody and say, but I am. No, 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 no. come on, come on. Listen, here's another thing that's, listen... Another thing that is not in God's control. God does not control your choices. And He does not control your faith. Your faith is up to you. And the awareness of that faith and what your faith is in is up to you. He did not make you get saved. Now mama, or mama might have because she said you're going to hell and beat you in the head with that. And, and, and the fear of mama made you get saved. But God didn't do it. No. He says it's the goodness of God that brings a man to repentance. So if I look at these two thoughts, listen, what's got to happen here is there has to be a, 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 a transformation that takes place because this will end life quickly. Anybody ever heard someone, let's not point, anybody ever heard these before? It's very common in the Christian world. So, what has to happen is, guys, listen, a transformation has to take place. We have to really begin to kind of erase some of these thoughts like this. Because they're not going to profit me. But I can't just erase that thought. Because what will happen, if you just erase, you'll eventually and never replace it with something. You'll actually come back to it. You'll come back to your traditions. You'll come back to religion of man. You'll come back to how you were raised. It's just human nature to do that. Because it's actually easier to do that. Alright? So, I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Let's answer these four questions real quick for ourselves. Really just with one scripture. Okay? Alright? Is It's all in God's hands. You know there's a reason for everything. I didn't learn, I don't ever learn anything from being sick other than I don't want to be sick. It's in God's timing, it'll happen. And a lot of times what I've seen, even recently, I've seen people that have, man, their faith has been stirred. They, they've been jump-started into a world of beginning to create an image of God on the inside that He wants me well and He wants me healed. And, and they start to move forward. And then all of a sudden they nullify everything that they heard and they thought, well, but you know what? It'll happen when God wants it to. Why? Would He want you to wait 
two or three months of pain and heartache steal your money because you've got to buy more medicine. Why would he want to do that? Just because he's not ready to do it? He's got other things to do? Other people on his mind? Oh, he's got a big job out there. He's got to deal with the whole world. I don't think his problem with the whole world. I think he was, he's, he's pretty good at dealing with the whole world. He created it. So why would it be a problem for him? Listen, guys. I've said this the past four weeks. Because it's a revelation to me. Can your pastor get revelation? I grow just like you every single time I get in front of the Word of God. We, we use this phrase, and we used to use it, and we'll never use it again here. Because we, we used to say, we've got to go to the church, and we've got to create an atmosphere for God to show up. And standing there on the front row one day, God says, why are you waiting for me to show up? I've been waiting for you to get here. God's everywhere. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's all around. Why does He have to wait for something to take place? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. New Living Translation. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Now means the present time. This word salvation is the Greek word. It's two words. Can I give you the first one because you don't really care about it? But it's soteria. Anybody want to say that a couple, three times? But how many are more familiar with the word sozo? Have you ever heard that word? Well, the word sozo for salvation is the root of this word when you look at the definition of it. So what I'm saying is that I can sit here and go... Excuse me. Sozo. Today is the time, not in the future, not in God's timing, not in His hands, not down the road, not there. He says, today is the time, and here's what this word means. Today is the time for your rescue. He says, today is the time for your safety. Today is the time for you to be made well, not just in God's timing. He's saying, look, now is the time for you to be made well. Why is that so powerful? Because we're putting it so far out in the future, we're waiting for something to happen. And God's saying, look, I'm already there. I want you to catch up to me. Now is the time I want you well, not just when you get to heaven. When you get to heaven, absolutely. There's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no pain. And the Scripture says that those that have gone on before are some way too early. The Scripture says that those are cheering down, watching us on, from the grandstands, like on the edge of their seat, on the edge of the banister, one translation said, they're looking at us and they're saying, Look, you can have so-so now! And the awareness of that so-so to take place in my life is where the key is. Now what affects this, honestly guys, really what begins to affect this, if you go to Romans chapter 12, we're going to look at verse 2. One of the major conflicting areas that keeps us from moving forward into the realm of the supernatural is the traditions of men and religion. And I'm going to share with you a personal story at the end that that may bring some of this home that, that I watched this come about in my own personal life. And I'm still mad till this day about it. But I've got some understanding of it. 
Because it didn't have to be the way that it was. And I spent years trying to figure out why. Because I knew all the right things to think. I knew all the right things to say. I knew all the right things that should have been, but they were not. And I looked at God and I began to blame God for it. And I began to tell Him, I'm saying, why? They did this, they did that. I can't understand this, Father. But then I began to see some truths. And it really had to make an, a revelation of, in myself of an awareness that there was a mental image that had to be created inside of people for them to begin to see themselves in a place where divine healing takes place in their life. And when we're so connected to the outside and the outside world, that mental image is very difficult to see. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to his external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals. Say ideals. Not ideas. Ideals. And its new attitude. So that you may prove for yourself, say myself, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. Let me just tell you something, guys. God's ways are absolutely higher than our ways. And He lives in a world of absolute. He lives in a world where He sees it already happened. He lives in a world that he brought Jesus into the earth before you ever existed in this earth so that you could live in this earth free from sickness, free from disease, free from pain. And he brought in the grace of God, the ability and the power to live a life where you can walk in victory, where this is the confidence that I have in him, that if I believe anything in him, it will be done for me on this earth. And when I look at this word ideal, which is really very important for us because I want you to see something. Listen, the word ideal, I know this is an amplified translation, but I studied it for myself. I went to King James, the only Bible that should be used in churches. If you get it with King James, more power to you there. If anybody knows BC, that you know what that means. <laughs> I just don't get it all the time with King James. And it takes me three or four before I really get it sometimes. But I studied this one. And I found that the Amplified was the best, most close translation to what's really God's trying to get across to us. That there has to be an awareness that takes place, a transformation, an erasing of old thoughts and replacing it with what Sozo is in our life. Every one of you, it's funny because I have a image of what's going on out here probably better, more than you do, and, and you know, especially the people that don't want to make eye contact with you. I do my best to look over top of everybody's head, but except for, let me look at all your eyes right now. No. But there's only certain subjects that you teach where you see an agreement of almost everyone in the church. And when I read those statements, I saw almost 100% agreement of everyone in the church. And that tells me our traditions and our religions, not based on Scripture, is what's formulating where I'm expecting. And it'll kill you way too early. When I look at this word ideal, here's what it means. Embodying a mental image of how God sees you. Embodying a mental image of where God sees you. I want you to, if you can, if you have a pen, or maybe make a mental note of this, here's a statement I'd like you to write down. 
where there is no mental image of how God sees me, my faith will be limited to the natural possibility of human reasoning. I'm going to say it again. That actually was one of my original. <laughs> I'm pretty happy about that because it's revelation to me. I'm not bragging to you. I'm telling you, it took me 30-some years to get to this spot where I can see something that's killing people. Where there is no mental image of how God sees me. My faith will be limited to the natural possibility of human reasoning. Go with me to Mark chapter 9. Let's look at a story in the scriptures. <clears throat> Mark chapter 9, if you have you ever read this chapter, Matthew has an account of this. But I, I want to read Mark's for us today. Where there is no mental image. We have a podcast, guys. Where there's no mental image of how God sees me, my faith will be limited to the natural possibility of human reasoning. When you're not, you don't have a well-built image of what God sees you physically, spiritually, mentally, you will yield to reasoning. You will reason it out because of what you're connected to more. We have a lot vying for our attention in the world we live. Most importantly, life itself. I'm not harping on your stuff. I'm not harping on your entertainment. I'm not harping... I, I don't care what you do. I mean, I want to be in the boat just as much as anybody. Some of you want to be on a wave. I don't know. Whatever your stuff is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming against your stuff. I'm not coming against what you do for entertainment. I'm not coming against even, even what you do with your life, with your kids and your sports. And we've endeavored never to beat people, beat this church up on those outward activities. As a matter of fact, we do our best to get out there into those activities with small groups to, so that we can facilitate some of that. But I will say that a lot of the things that we have going on out there are distractions. And we're wondering why that these things are not showing up in my life. And they're stealing from me and robbing from me. They're taking away from me from the life of enjoyment and I'm not liking life even when I get home I'm not even liking my wife or my husband when I get home and it just might be because of the distractions the awareness that you're connected to Jesus dealt with it here with his, with his disciples in this chapter where uh, this is really a kind of a devilish thing this is an impossible thing this is something that there was really no way that without a miracle without a gift of healing or a working of miracle this was not going to turn around and it's proven in the scriptures. Mark chapter 9 verse 16 says, Jesus shows up and just kind of bring you up to speed. He says, what are all you guys arguing about? One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son to you. To you. I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. Whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. And Jesus said to them, you start to hear a little frustration. This is devilish, guys. And you hear a frustration in the voice of Jesus. He said, he said to him, you faithless people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me now. God's in the business of now, not waiting. Look at that word faithless real quick. The word faithless there simply means disconnected, unbelieving, caught up with life. 
So Jesus slapped his disciples. What's interesting to note here, the man that's bringing him to Jesus, he doesn't see him as Messiah right now. He doesn't see him as risen Savior. He just sees him as a a simple prophet. So he's not coming to him because he knows what you and I have a privilege to know now, that Jesus died on the cross, he's seated at the right hand, we've been seated with him in heavenly places, we have authority over sickness and disease. They don't have that truth. What the truth that they have is just he's just a prophet. We've seen him doing these things. And guess what? I, for some reason, I was there when you said these guys could do this. I figured it would work. I go there. They couldn't do anything. And Jesus got ticked off at them. And he says, oh, faithless generation. He tells them why it's not working. He says, because you're disconnected, you're unbelieving, and you're more connected to life than what's going to make the difference in your life. Just saying. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus... Oh, that's another day. When sickness and disease and poverty and lack, because they're spirits. They're not just hocus pocus. They're spirits. When they see you, do they see a welcoming or do they see a resistance? So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. And Jesus, compassion and mercy of Jesus, he says, how long has this been happening? And Jesus asked the boy's father, he replied, since he was a little boy, this has been going on for a long time, Jesus. The spirit throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him, have mercy on us, help us if you can. And you see into the heart of Jesus and the heart of the father, and he says, What do you mean if I can? I'm the God of the now. (laughs) Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person just believes. I don't have time to go into the rest because you see him deal with it. He deals with the Spirit. He casts it out. I want you to go all the way down to verse 28 and verse 29 because Jesus, the, the, the disciples come to Jesus, which would be just like you and I, and ask a really good question. Because they've been embarrassed now. Jesus basically dealt with them right in front of people. And he read their music. Read their, not music. He read their mail. And he showed them again what to do. They saw authority. They saw mercy. They saw it's the will. And they're, now they're coming up with the question. Hey, Jesus, can we talk in the corner? Can we get behind, can we get behind these statements right here and ask you a real good question? Why it's in, it didn't work for us? Why, why you know, it just might not be the time just yet. You know, that's what we were thinking. Maybe it wasn't time yet. So we were going to wait a little longer. Because you, 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 you never know. Jesus, you, you, what's the other one up here? Because <laughs> Jesus, there's a reason for everything. And, and we know that because you've taught us that. A little bit of pride comes in and shows up. And Jesus deals with their pride with authority in the beginning. But now I love how Jesus is because He loves you so much. He's not going to slap you aside the head. He's going to love you into the truth because the truth will set you free. Here's what He says. After when Jesus was alone in the house with His disciples, they asked Him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Because their hearts are right. You know, Jesus, how come this is not working for me? My heart's right. I'm not living in sin. I might have had a little bit of doubt and unbelief, but I'm working on that. 
I, I'm working on the faith piece, Jesus. I, listen, listen, I'm believing, man. I'm a Christian. And I even started doing that confession thing. Matter of fact, I walked to Steve Garza's house the other night and confession thing is so powerful, they got a bird that confesses in front of you. I've been working it. But why? How am I going to move forward from here? How am I going to move forward from what's not working, what I'm not seeing? He jump-started us, but I've got to go forward. Last verse. Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer. Faithless, disconnected. Now if you go over to Matthew, Matthew throws another piece of this, which really is not necessarily in the original. He says prayer and fasting, but fasting is not in the original writings. The original writing only say prayer. And then Jesus says it's your disconnected, faithless generation. That's what's made the difference here. But you want to get connected right back up? Just prayer. What's prayer do? It's communing and talking to God. Prayer gets you aware of what God says. Prayer and talking to God begins to create the image back on the inside of you. Prayer and communing and fellowshipping with God is when I come into church and, and I'm not trying to bring in the presence of God anymore. I'm just going to go become aware of what He's already done and what He's already said. I'm going to go create that mental ideal image on the inside of me that says that, you know what, it's God's will for all to be healed. By His stripes, I am the healed. And the Bible says that the more I create this on the inside of me, I'm writing a vision down on the tablet of my heart. And as I write that vision down on the tablet of my heart, as I continue to fellowship and talk to you... An awareness happens, and what's on the outward begins to line up with what's on the inward. Awareness is the key <laughs> to seeing you move forward in victory in your life. Drop the mic. You've got to come back next week. And we'll talk about that awareness. Faithless, disconnected, prayer, communicating fellowshipping with your God there just might be some transformation that needs to take place there just might be an erasing of some things there just might be a real godly disconnect that needs to take place of the distractions that are out there in the world and the Bible says that my faith has conquered the world but what world are you most connected to now, don't take that as a defeat. Take that from my personal story. My mother died at 55. I think she was 55. I don't really care, to be honest with you. She shouldn't have died. Maybe she was 52. There's not a day, a minute that goes by that I don't think about her. Birthday's on February 3rd. Just had Mother's Day. I watched the power of God, the miracle-working, healing power of God work in her body. This is when I was young and dogmatic and probably need to get a little bit of that back. This is when I was, would swing out over hell, as Mark Hankins would say, on a corn stalk and spit in the devil's eye, bold as I can be. But when you pastor people for a long time, you have a tendency to pull back a little bit because I know what you're living out there in life. I'm not going to come to you and demand from you. I'm going to look at where compassion is and mercy. But I'm going to tell you the truth. And that is when there's a 
disconnect and a connect to the world, it will kill you. Mom had cancer. She had it a couple times. I saw a tumor disappear out, off of her body. I'm the one that laid hands on her. And I saw it. I have to fight and deal just like you do, so don't make, I'm not something special. I'm just, the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And the Bible says that you've been placed in authority over sickness and disease, poverty and life. Just work the Word and watch the Word work. But don't try to do it without an awareness. You'll be defeated every single time. Really knowing who you are. Anyway, long, I, I can't go much longer. My wife told me to be done five minutes ago. But you need to see something. How can I bring that to you without coming to you and making you feel condemned for where you are? I can only give you personal story. Two things that are in your control. Your choices and your faith. Not, God's not in control of either one of those. Your faith grows because you grow it. Your choices are what you make on a daily basis. Choices is what really affected my mother and put her in the grave way too soon. I got a phone call one day. A uh, bunch of great ladies were, were, were with her, but I got a call. I came in town. They said that she's not going to make it. She's going to pass away. And uh, so I did what any son would do. I, a matter of fact, a guy that uh, uh, was owner of, started the whole Pirates Cove thing, flew me here. And so I went there, and I came up, and I walked in, and, and it was true. She was, she was about to die. But I was aware of a lot more of the Word. And I went in very nice to those ladies and just loved them for what they were doing. I didn't beat them up. I didn't spit at them. Or, you know, I didn't do I just I said, guys, I'll tell you what, I got it from here. Thank you so much. I'll call you back if I need you. It was on a Saturday, Friday. I came in on Friday. By the end of Saturday, I had her sitting up watching TV. And she was pumping morphine when I got there. So we sat down. We got her to that point. And so then I said, Mom, you know what? I'll tell you what. Why don't you come live with me in Ohio? Change her environment. Change her place. It's not about her church. It's not about where she was going. I just said, you know, let's just change environment. Sitting in this house, it's like death all over the place. Come on, let's go. And my mom's the one that put scriptures up everywhere. Confessed them and spoke them. But I got her there and we had her in Ohio for about six weeks. And man, we had her going to the mall. Up. First week of going to the mall, she's puking all the way there. She was fighting. She was moving forward because she was in an environment. Her awareness was changing of what God would do and what God had done and, and coming up out of that wheelchair. And she was not going to give in and not going to settle in and, and come forward. She would be here today with my kids. My daughter's wedding here. She, uh. But then she got homesick. To the point that I couldn't fight her. She says, I got to go home. I'm just, her life was different. I get it. I know. She wanted to get back into comfort. I could not talk her in. I'm like, Mom, just give me a couple more months. Just come on, just hang out. Come on. But her choice was her own. Her faith was in a good spot. But she chose to come home. She got back into comfortableness. And I came home another weekend in the middle trying to talk her to come back. And I went with her. Now listen. Don't you dare receive any of this out of condemnation. I was with her when she went to go settle for disability and picked up her wheelchair. And six months later, she passed away. Her awareness, her environment, 
settled. Now, I didn't have that revelation when it first happened. I did her funeral. Tried doing that a few times. No, you don't want to. Just stand up with me. My mama didn't have to die. So how do we take a personal experience, instead of turning that into something, it must have been God's timing, it must have been God's will, and look at that through the eyes of Scripture, and the Scripture says, no, no. The Scripture says to move forward. The Scripture says, you know why? You get so spitting mad at the devil because it is devilish and Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So the question comes to you. How do I move forward? So that that kind of environment, that kind of thing, doesn't have to happen to me. It'll be in the realm of awareness. You don't have to go that route. Every head bow, every eye closed. Oh, 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 Jesus. It doesn't have to be that way. Because you made it this way. You made it the now. You made it the life for us all to live. The same you did for others, you'll do for us. Life is in the hands of the believer more than in the hands of you. Choose life. Choose victory. Choose strength. Choose joy. Choose peace. Connect. Anyone in this room, you've ever struggled with the past, someone, it didn't work out the way you thought. Or something happened that you wished it didn't. Let me see your hands this morning. How do I move forward? How do I go to where that doesn't stop my life and keep me from possessing these promises and blessings and the things that God has said?